Here at KFR, we don't take kindly to propaganda. It's one thing to hear multiple opinions, but it's another thing to just share only one opinion and then not the other. And that is why we decided to say fuck you to Trump and skip watching A Dying King, The Shah of Iran, and instead we watched The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, 1947. The following podcast contains spoilers for The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, 1947. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. Hello. Hello, my dear friend. I'm, how, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little uh, tired, you know. It's been I a long day. I gotta be a little quiet, because the little guy is sleeping mm-hmm. right above me. Little man takes naps. He do. He takes naps. He slumbers. Do. He do take naps. I'm also worried about the power going out. Yeah, I was, but, too. Uh, it was we'll, quite the... Uh, Tenacious storm coming. Yes, through. we'll see what happens. How you doing though? Not bad. Uh, watched a couple movies. You know how this podcast goes. We, yes, we do. That is something too. we do. Um, I think I watched four, including our movie. One of which we actually saw together. Yes, we uh, did. Which is awesome. So let me just yeah. go ahead and go through those bad boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The first one I actually watched. This was this was like an interesting week. I was all over the place with genre. Uh, the first one I watched was Fanboys, which is a film that came out in 2009 about a group of friends that really want to go to the uh, Neverland Ranch, and by the Neverland, I mean Sky Skywalker Ranch, um, <laughs> <laughs> to to grab the episode one uh, film before their friend dies and watch it, obviously, before he croaks. And uh, I can see myself liking this movie if I watched it probably back in 2009. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate it. I want to like preface that I didn't hate it. I just think I would have loved it more. Like at the same time, Super Bad and all that came out. If yeah. I watched it then, overall wasn't like wasn't too bad. I, that was along for the ride. Not in the van with the boys, but you know, I was along for the ride. Um, after that, I watched Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas, which was an animated film back in two thousand three with Brad Pitt, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, Michelle Pfeiffer, and a bunch of other people. This, <laughs> reading the uh, reviews on Letterboxd is so goofy uh, because so many people have boners for this movie. Just uh, how do I, how do I explain this? What movie this? is it again? Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Oh, yeah. This is, a lot of the comments are, this is the sexiest animated movie ever. <laughs> and, and God. Those people haven't seen Heavy Metal. Oh, my God, they haven't seen Looney Tunes. Or Lola Bunny. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, now, nah, uh, overall, it was actually a really good movie as far as, like, animation and voice acting went. Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer knocked it out of the park Yeah, uh, with her character. And, I mean, people people are right. These cartoons are sexy, but I wouldn't ever go and be like, God damn, these cartoons are sexy on a yeah, review. Yeah, that's something you keep in secret. Yeah, absolutely. Just put it away, put it in a little box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that was actually a really good movie. I had seen it briefly, like, uh, in parts, I told you over the weekend that a lot, a lot of my experience in movies before meeting you was watching parts of movies. Yeah. So that was that was one of them, and of course, there's probably well, tons and tons more. 
Uh, after that, I watched The Sunlit Night with uh, Jenny Slate. Um, very okay movie. I saw this on Hulu. I do like Jenny Slate in uh, most most of the things she's in. And I was like, you know what? I'll give this a little gander. It's very artsy, uh, like literal, like she's an artist uh, movie. And she's painting a barn, and she's kind of just in Norway with mm-hmm. uh, her and another artist. And she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her future and how she wants to become uh, her own person in the world of art and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, it was okay. Uh, kind of boring, honestly. I think Jenny Slate was obviously the best part. Zach Galifianakis is in there, and he's a, uh, a Viking, technically. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like the most American Viking you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. Um, but in that, it was okay. And then, of course, we watched Suicide Squad together. But uh, the there's a Suicide whole, Squad. Yes, I'm sorry. The, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Yeah. But instead of talking about that, we have a review that I've worked really hard on. He did. <laughs> that he is killed up it. on the YouTubes. Yeah. And uh, other than that, uh, Walter Mitty, which we will talk about after you tell yes, us what yes. your well, line for, down is. First, I want to go back to your uh, the movie fanboys. I was mm-hmm. going to say something, and then uh, you kept going, which is fine. You I'm know, sorry. Yeah. That's how this podcast works. We both talk, uh, not just me, as, as, as rare as that might sound. Tell me about um, it. <laughs> uh, so I saw the fanboys at the Oaks Theater. Uh, back in, when it was in theaters in 2009, mm-hmm. and I knew nothing about it at all, really. Yeah. I just was, like, bored and was like, fanboys, Star Fan Wars, boys. okay, sign me up. And I went and saw it, and I really, it was, really took me by surprise. I didn't expect it to be as emotional as it was. That's good. And, uh, yeah, Dan Fogler is great. I love Dan Fogler. I want him to be in more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the chubby guy who is obsessed with Han Solo. I forget his character's name. Yeah, I forget too. Hutch, maybe? Uh, I can look it up again real For quick. some reason, Hutch is coming to my mind. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy that movie. And, and it was really cool when, uh, I guess not, it's sad, but also kind of cool, um, when uh, Force Awakens was going to come are, out. It's fan, or, uh, fan. Uh, it is Hutch. Oh, cool. Nice. Look at that memory on mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Force Awakens was going to come out, this uh, man who was dying of terminal cancer uh, was able, J.J. Abrams sent him the the cut of um, Force Awakens before he passed on. So it was kind of like, kind of cool that, sad but cool that life, or film emulated life, you yeah. know, in the futures. Just a little uh, tidbit. Uh, well, anyway, so I saw <laughs> six movies. Um including Secret Life of Mulder Mitty. Uh, first one I watch is Jungle Cruise, the uh, Disney film with Emily Blunt and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Good old and, DJ. Uh, Jack Whitehall. Um, it's fine. It's a fun movie. It's not going to blow anyone's minds. Uh, Jesse Plemons was great in it. I liked him a lot. Um, it has the same annoying Disney tropes that are in like every movie. Yeah. But yeah, you kind of expect that. But it is—it's it, a fun movie. It's probably one of their better um, throwaway movies, just because like this was based on a ride. Yeah. Uh, so I—they I, did a valiant job, given that it's literally just a movie based on a ride. Yeah, um, I had a conversation with somebody about that today, and uh, they were—they were like, "Yeah, I just—I just wish there was like more." characters from the ride in the movie not with this specifically but we were talking about a bunch of like disney ride movies and yeah. i was like well there are no characters I, uh, in the, in the that's, ride that's what i i said and then uh, i had i'd gone to say i was like 
it's even more of a miracle that a movie was even made. Yeah. The fact that it was a ride. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally just like just a bullshit safari that's not real at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which I like. I like the Jungle Cruise ride, but like, there's no story there. Yeah. <laughs> they try to make a story, but there's no story there. Um, so yeah, that that it's a fine movie. Uh, definitely see it in theaters if you can, even though it's on Disney Plus. But you have to pay extra for that. So, yeah, uh, then I watched A Dying King, The Shah of Iran, which was what Streaming Roulette picked. Yeah. And I was ready to talk about how boring it was and how uh, it kind of felt like the kind of movie that you would see when you had a substitute who didn't want to do anything. So they just put on a movie uh, or the teacher told him to put on a movie and it's just boring and filled with information that like. Yeah, I guess it's relevant to the topic, but why should we care about this topic? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the whole Shah of Iran thing. That is a, a big thing in American history and everything. Uh, but in the last five minutes, it turns into uh, propaganda for Donald Trump. Uh, and I have no problem with people who like Donald Trump. I think they're insane and I don't understand it. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's your right to be an insane and believe something of that course. I don't understand. Uh, what I don't like is that they uh, trick you into watching this hour and a half long film just for it to turn into a Trump campaign and them not to show the side of the Democrats when it comes to relations with Iran, uh, which, you know, may be wrong, but they take no effort in showing why Democrats act differently towards Iran than Donald Trump did. Uh, yeah, and I that remember- is. I remember you telling me the day I was actually going to watch it too, like you were watching it before me, and I was like, you were you were telling me all about the movie, and then you're like, at the last like ten or so minutes, you're like, I think this is Trump propaganda. Yeah, like, I said that I, <laughs> what I said specifically was, fuck no, we're not reviewing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and that, that's mainly like if if it were Obama, I mm-hmm. probably would feel the same way. Probably not as strongly because I admit I hate Trump. Yeah. I don't hate Obama. I didn't like Obama, but I don't hate Obama. Uh, but I straight out hate Trump, so I probably wouldn't feel as strongly. But this is not a political com- uh, co- podcast. Yeah, this is and, not that at all. We wanted yeah. to see a movie and we wanted a to documentary watch a and just and, you know talk about it. And before the propaganda aspect happened, it wasn't even like a real movie. Mm-hmm. It was just talking heads with boring information. Yeah. So it would have been a boring podcast regardless. And then the propaganda thing just tipped what I was already thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was still going to watch movie. it until the you told me about the last five yeah. minutes. I'm like, yeah, um, we can skip it then. <laughs> and yeah, but like really, it's just a super boring documentary. Like it's mm-hmm. not interesting at all. And what happened with the Shah of Iran is relatively interesting. But they make it the least interesting thing in the world. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that movie that we're, we were not going to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then I watched Suicide, Suicide Squad with you, The Suicide Squad with you. Uh, Polka Dot Man is my homie, and I want a standalone movie with him and his mom. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you could check out more of our thoughts on YouTube. Uh, then I watched Nine Days, uh, which is a film with Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, uh, Tony Hale, uh, Bill Skarsgård's in there and is essentially a movie that is like kind of like the movie Soul, okay. uh, but like live action and uh, uh, what's the word? Emotionally compelling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I seem to be the only person who thought Soul was a, a big, boring pile of poop. 
um i shouldn't say a big pile of poop but it was boring and and did not hit home the way that not what you well a lot of people should have been expecting and then i wanted it to hit home and it didn't yeah uh nine days um is so it's it's essentially this guy who's interviewing all of these people who you find out are spirits who are applying to become alive like they're applying to be born and in, in okay. on on earth to be uh, reincarnated not not reincarnated because they 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 just kind of appear they're they're not like <laughs> dead people uh and then well i guess um, there's a word there that i'm not that yeah, wasn't the right yeah. one yes uh, but anyway so yeah they're applying so it's like and they, they're going through this uh trials and it's uh, really, the whole movie is just about like the power of empathy and the power of lack of of empathy, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a really beautiful film. I highly suggest people check it out. It is not gonna like blow your minds visually, but it's 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 just a really good movie, and then has one of the strongest endings, at least in my opinion. I'm sure there's gonna be a bunch of people that completely disagree with me, and that, and that's fine. Uh, but like, I was. I don't want to say I was weeping, but I shed more tears with that movie than any other movie. That's actually that's actually a milestone there yeah. for you. Yeah, I don't cry much during movies. You but do this, not. And, and it's not, not in a sad way. It was just like, you know. Touching. T- yeah, very touching. And I, I really enjoyed it. So that's nine days. Highly suggest people see that, especially in theaters if you can. Uh, then I watched Secret Life of Walter Mitty. We'll get to that in a minute. And then today I watched the documentary Val, which is about Val Kilmer. Uh directed and shot by val kilmer it's a bunch of his home videos uh, about his life and everything about his career and the kind of intercut with uh, modern things of him because he he had throat cancer had to have uh his voice box removed and it has like a hole in his throat so he's like um you know that that smoking commercial or anti-smoking commercial where like the guy has to have like plug a hole on his throat so he's he can a little talk. voice box yeah uh he he just like plugs up the hole and he's able to talk but oh, it, kinda, okay. it sounds similar um but yeah just kind of seeing like how he's kind of dealing with that after his career and seeing how he went from this huge actor to uh because he can't really act anymore because he can't really speak anymore mm-hmm. uh to becoming this uh actor who kind of just goes to like comic-con and everything and admitting that like he kind of before looked down on the actors who had to do that and now is just grateful that he's able to do that mm-hmm. um so it's, it's a really interesting like examination of his own life and i i really yeah i, think I do want to watch that myself yeah it's just, it's just because it, it does look very interesting even just yeah, from a trailer is. or anything like that yeah but i highly suggest people uh see that but that's all i watched this week um that's brings us into some news i'm gonna mm-hmm. go with my news first if that's all right yeah uh it might even be the same piece because we didn't discuss i, I think it might be <laughs> yeah so brendan fraser yep. <laughs> is <laughs> he is signed on to join martin scorsese's killers of the flower moon uh and he became emotional in an, in an interview uh when people brought up the point that like everyone on the internet they specified tiktok but it's essentially everyone who has access to the internet yeah. is rooting for brendan fraser and it's just nice to see like i i love to see that things are turning around for him because mm-hmm. he, he you know he had like this such prolific career and then uh kind of got blacklisted because someone sexually assaulted him and he wanted to talk uh, like speak up about it and didn't yeah uh, didn't didn't he get a divorce too they kind of 
Yeah, he got a divorce. He, that, that crushed kinda, him too. That crushed him financially and probably emotionally. Um, but I, I, Brendan Fraser has been one of my favorite actors pretty much since I first saw him in George of the Jungle or The Mummy, mm-hmm. whichever one of those I saw first. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I always tell people that, like, I'd be happy if I won an Oscar, but I could, like, die that day if I got to work with <laughs> Brendan Fraser Absolutely. and be happy. I would love to work with Brendan Fraser. Uh, uh, long shot, Brendan Fraser, if you're listening, uh, I got a script for you. I'm not even lying. I do have a script that I wrote hey, apart for you in mind. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, so he's also going to be in a movie called Brothers here as yes, well. Yes, yes. I didn't read up too much about that one. So that's on me, though. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's, he's just got a lot of stuff lined up. His career's finally going back on the ups, upswing. Um, I forget. Oh, I think wow. I called it. I think I called it the Brizanaissance or something. Or Brendan. Yeah. Brendan's, yeah. I, not. It, it doesn't work as well as McConaughey. Fraser Sance or whatever. Fraser Sance. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, but, it's it's good to see his career jumping back up. He absolutely. He's definitely one of the golden ones. Yeah. You you love to see it. I do. I love Everybody to see does. it. I'm excited. And also, he's got that that Darren Aronofsky movie, uh, Whale. Mm-hmm. coming out that I'm excited for. I I love to see that people still want to work with him because I've wanted to work with him since 1996 when I was like seven years old. So I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure even like in Hollywood that he was always just a good person to work with. Even like the like the cast of Mummy, yeah. like just were like, he's such a good dude. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend. I'm not going to name names, but I have a friend yeah, who like worked in event Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was in and uh, he he was the my friend was running the event so he tried to uh, and Brendan Fraser was a guest there so he tried to go up to uh, Brendan Fraser to let him know something mm-hmm. uh, and his security guards just like shoved him out of the way and said like, like keep away and granted like they they would, were rude about it but technically that is their job yeah and they just didn't realize it was him and when Brendan Fraser found out about it, he was like apologize, apologetic about it. So it's just really yeah. cool to see that it seems like he has a level head. Absolutely, and I'm sure even more so now that he's, for lack of a better phrase, fallen from grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's coming back. He's coming back with full force to grace and full of vengeance. He's ready. Yeah, full of vengeance. I love it. Um, but yeah, that was my news. I assume that was your news as that well. That was also my news. And yes, there we go. So let's get into the secret life of Walter Mitty, 1947. Samuel Goldwyn presents the James Thurber story that delighted millions, starring Danny Kaye, eight times as funny in eight hilarious roles. One as Walter Mitty, the dauntless sea rover, Anatole Mitty, the mad hatter, Captain Mitty, ace of aces, Dr. Mitty, the brilliant surgeon, Mitty the kid, western desperado, Gaylord Mitty, the riverboat gambler, and in real life, Walter Mitty, the lovable hentech dreamer. Walter, what's the matter with you? But can a beautiful vision come true? Can adventure and intrigue rush into his life? Sometimes Walter can't tell where the dream ends and where the nightmare begins. A clumsy daydreamer gets caught up in a sinister conspiracy. You practiced that, didn't you? I did. In my head, I was like, I'm going to do this. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Norman Z. McLeod, written by Ken England, Everett Freeman, and based on the short story by James Thurber. It is starring Danny Kaye, Virginia Mayo, Boris Karloff, and Faye Bainter. Uh, Yeah, so this legitimately 
once I found out the other film was propaganda, I spun the wheel one more time, and this is what it landed on. Mm-hmm. This is the I first a, one. It was I took cool. a screen video just to show Glenn yeah. that I wasn't making things up. Um, I love Danny Kaye, though. A Court Jester is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, White Christmas is one of my favorite uh, Christmas films. Uh, I personally think that he is more talented overall. I'm not going to say like in singing or, or dancing uh, or whatever as being uh, more talented than Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. He's just a triple threat. Uh, and I feel like not enough people know who Danny Kaye is. I mean, I'll even be honest. I didn't really know who he was too much. And yeah. I think I watched a court jester. <laughs> you did. You watched it at the beginning of your uh, yeah. your, your assignments, so that was, and you that didn't was, care at this for point it. Is a blur yeah. <laughs> compared to now. You said you didn't care for it at the time. I wonder if you would have a different opinion. I almost guarantee that I probably would have a different opinion because the last fifteen twenty minutes alone are just comedy gold of a court mm-hmm. jester. But we're not here to talk about a court jester. We're here to talk about Secret Life of Walter Mitty. We're not going to do what we did with Mall Rats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to, to be fair, I don't have many things to talk about besides this for Danny Kay anyway. But um, so as almost nobody out there knows, uh, unless you are uh, saw one of uh, our YouTube videos about a top 10 movies of all time or mm-hmm. are involved with me on Letterboxd and saw my top 10 on that list, uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, uh, the Ben Stiller one, is my one of my top tens. Like it's it's up there, or up. Yeah, it's also up there. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time, and I didn't know, <laughs> at least until probably I think a year or two after the movie was released, that there was an original one. So I had no idea this movie existed until not that long ago, technically. Yeah. Uh, so. Of course, it was only a matter of time until we watched it, and here we are. Here we are. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So um, I think it's no surprise that this is extremely different from the Ben Stiller version. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is definitely more a a product of its time, not in the same way that Mallrats is a product of its time. Yeah. But this is, like, it's very, like, glitz and glamour, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the the physical comedy is is definitely of its time. Um, And... uh, the the thing I think this focused on more that the Ben Stiller one didn't it, it focused on a little bit but not too much was the daydream aspect where this yeah. had entire like five minute segments yeah there's ever, whole sequences uh, yeah whole sequences uh, where he's daydreaming um, and they're all relatively funny like the first one or the f- second one mm-hmm. he's like performing surgery and yeah. like. <laughs> asking for all this stuff and he like asks for a cheese grater and like grates cheese or something it's <laughs> just, just random shit yeah. going on and it's it's just really goofy in that sense um the comedy kind of in a way physicality wise was very reminiscent to me for the uh the nutty professor that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. a few months back um where it's just like they're not really jokes they're just really random occurrences and it it just it works for the most part it's uh very dry humor in that sense and and situations that obviously would not happen in real life but uh danny k sells it in my opinion he he uh easily the best part of the movie oh absolutely um Um, go ahead oh i i I was just saying um 
Um, to well, fill I'm going to um and make a runoff Yeah, he's easily the best thing about this movie. And that is like obviously the one thing between the two movies that we can compare. And I really don't want to compare this as much as possible. Yeah, they're, um, they're really like completely different. They're very different. The only thing really comparable is that they have the daydream sequences. Yeah. Um, and in the other Walter Mitty, I think it, it works more. Um, obviously they had time to, you know, work on that. Yeah, yeah. This, this one, uh, I think the daydream sequences were the best part of this movie in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think everything else when you're in his real life is very, you know, lackluster and it kind of becomes to me where it kind of blurs in with every other movie at, at the time of this was made where it's kind of like a crime drama comedy. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what dulls it down a little bit, but Luckily, you've got Danny Kay giving such a killer performance and being so fun and being so uh, happy and singing and do, doing random shit like yeah. cutting cheese into a man. <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun for sure. No matter really yeah. what part of the movie you're in, as long as it's the sequences. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Um, like you said, the 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 daydreaming sequences in the first one flow into the reality of it more, whereas mm-hmm. this does like the obvious wipe. The the daydreaming sequences are kind of a a non issue for the plot, other than it makes people not believe Dan, uh, believe yeah. uh, Walter Mitty t- for when he is telling the truth about murders and stuff. Um, but the uh, the thing that I think. Um, impressed me the most was like the the scale of the daydreams Mm -hmm. primarily like the the ship sequence when he's a captain i think that's actually the first daydream where he's on the ship and it's like sinking or whatever and it's just they really went above and beyond with those sequences and you're you're absolutely right where the the main plot is really just like a murder mystery um which doesn't really stand out Mm -hmm. and the rest uh it's kind of like I kind of wish that it, it didn't focus on that plot and it was more just like well it was uh, what his job was like he he was like uh, I think a, like a creator for characters or stories he was, or he something was a proofreader like a proofreader yeah. okay well his yeah his whole what was cool about it is like he had this this job where he could create these stories but like he didn't do that he basically like he said proofread and never created these stories to write on books or anything like that. He was there yeah. at the job and he didn't do any of those things. I don't know how the plot would have worked more with going through that. Maybe like, you know, he lost the perfect character or something like that. Yeah. Instead or of like, a whole crime drama thing like this was one thing I thought this was going to do, uh, was kind of in, in again, I really trying not to compare the yeah. Ben Stiller one. But just to set this up, in the Ben Ben Stiller one, Adam Scott is kind of like his career rival. Mm -hmm. There is a character in, like, the beginning of this where I feel like he's going to be a career rival. And I thought it was going to be him stealing an idea of Danny Kaye's or something Mm -hmm. uh, where, it, you know, he has to, like, somehow prove that it was his character all along. And, and I th- I think that would have been a more fitting, I, I don't know if it'd yeah. be more, more, um, 
I, you I know, just don't think interesting, this, but this 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 plot as far as you know a, a crime drama went, I don't think it worked as well as I. I mean, then again, I wasn't you know living in the 1940s. So yeah, yeah. I can only say so much. I just think it would have been better if it wasn't that. But I mean, regardless, I mean the remake or re re movie that we have now is one of my top ten, so I can't yeah. complain that much. Yeah, I, I I will say that they do a good job at making you think he he like in your head you're like maybe he is crazy. Yeah, like they do they do a really good job at while while the mystery itself is like meh it's not that interesting Mm -hmm. uh the way it is told and the way that the characters act about it there is a point where you're just like maybe he did imagine it all maybe it's not real Mm -hmm. and then they give you like a little easter egg and uh it's like oh no he is telling truth but then it like it takes that back immediately it's like oh no maybe he imagined that as well yeah and i i think it did that very well uh but you know that's really only like a five minute span in the whole the whole film um but i you know it's i think it's understandable why when the ben stiller one came out it wasn't like not many people knew it was a remake Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like oh this this was already made at some point this uh a movie had been made about this story before um and that's not to say that this movie's bad it's just like I don't even want to say it's forgettable because I'm probably going to remember this movie. You but can it's, see how it flies under the radar. Yeah, it doesn't stick out. Like if, and even even the new one, a lot of people haven't watched. Yeah, um, well, that got that got critically panned for some reason. I still don't understand why it was critically panned. Yeah. I understand not loving it. Yeah, but like, I don't understand not enjoying it at all because mm-hmm. it is a very enjoyable movie to me. And, and maybe it's like. People thought Ben Stiller was trying to be too serious or whatever. Yeah, maybe. He, I don't know. It's, it's not the first time that he's been serious in a movie, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't understand. But this one, like, if, if some of the sequences, if if you told me before I had watched it uh, that they were sequences from, like, White Christmas and I just forgot about them, I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Danny Kaye's in that. Uh, this looks like it could be White Christmas. And that's just, it, that's what I mean when I say it's a product of its time. It doesn't stick out from the rest mm-hmm. uh, of movies from its time. And that is more about that age, which ironically is called the golden age of cinema. Um, <laughs> uh, and here that, we are forgetting about it. Yeah, that it all looks the same. Whereas movies nowadays, granted, this is more on like, computers being able to change visually how colors look mm-hmm. uh you didn't see that in the 40s like maybe a little bit but not not as much as you do today where you know you have movies like um uh, amelie which is like super green or, or book of eli which is really brown uh and dunkirk which is v- really blue like there's there's not these tones mm-hmm. back in that time it's all just film and technicolor um, which is a very standard look. Uh, so that, 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 that along with its plot is a reason why it doesn't really stick out. And I don't think will stick out. It's especially not as much as the court jester, uh, whereas the court jester and white Christmas both have such iconic scenes. Um, I can't think of a single scene from this that I would consider iconic. Yeah. Good. Yes. But iconic, I'm not so sure, but you know, you got the, 
and court jester pellet with the poisonous vessel with the pestle the, the flagon with the dragon is the brew that is true you got that whole thing yes i i've seen that movie a lot of times uh, <laughs> that's okay in white christmas you have so many iconic scenes from them singing while they're being bombed and everything to them wearing all red kind of dressed like skinny santa clauses mm-hmm. <laughs> just because they make them fat um but yeah, it's just this did nothing for me to really stick out. Uh, that's the long-winded way of saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, the the great aspects of it is the physical acting, the mm-hmm. singing, the, the just Danny Kaye himself. Even Virginia Mayo is is good. For Everyone's the most part. good in it. Boris yeah. Karloff. Uh, but it, it's just it doesn't do much to grab you by the shoulders and say. Let's go. Exactly. I don't know what that voice that was, but it was probably Al Pacino <laughs> trying to tell you Hoo-ah. something. And Hoo-ah. come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I did. Um, I, I just don't know as far as plot and everything went that anything gripped me like that I was hoping for. But you know, other than that, I had I had a lot of fun with it, especially those dream sequences when he's like, when he's doing all the the singing is like I don't even remember what the character is. He's like a it's like a doctor at first, or not a doctor, no, but like he's so the, the like a singer, scientist or something. He he's a uh, English pilot mm-hmm. who has shot down a bunch of German pilots. Yeah, and then he comes to like the celebratory dinner, and they ask him to do this bit where he's making fun of Germans, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, it's a he's, long bit too. Yeah, it is. It's and that was what Danny Kaye was known for was like these comedic songs like that. Uh, yeah. Court jesters filled with them. Um, White Christmas to a lesser extent is filled with them. That's more of an ensemble piece, whereas this and Corchester are Danny Kaye's vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly that you know really enjoyed it. But it's just I, I don't think that I'm gonna talk about this as much as I do the other two movies yeah. that I mentioned. Uh, I mean that's I think that's all I got to talk about. Yeah, honestly, that's the same here. So uh, that brings us to the judgment. As always, we have to decide, and it has to be a unanimous decision, whether or not this mm-hmm. is a shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. So, Glenjamin Bond, does this make it onto the KFR shelf, or does this just, you know, it, it maybe falls out of our cart. We're not throwing it away, but it might yeah, fall oh, out of no, our cart. I just bought it and it fell out. Bye. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I want to say yes just for Danny Kaye and all the dream sequences. I just don't know if I could say yes to the rest of the movie itself. Yeah. Um, because like, like I obviously stated, th- th- those were the best parts. Now, if yeah. I could just take those parts, that would get the shelf. Yeah. But do I still give it to it because those parts are in it? I don't know. How do yeah. we go about this? Uh, well, if, if, if what I'm going to say helps, uh, I think Danny Kay has better films that we could probably add at future dates. I know mm. we haven't reviewed them yet, but... I feel like we should, you know, not just throw it on just for Danny Kay. Maybe, you know, whenever we do, if we and when we review Corchester and White Christmas, maybe they'll go on then. But I, I would say no, this doesn't deserve to be on the show. Hey, that's understandable to me. Yeah, and I love Danny Kay, so this kind of hurts me. But Sounds like it fell off the car. <laughs> it, it fell off the cart. Uh, so, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, 1947, does not make it on the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our plugs for this week. Glenn, hmm. what is your plug? Uh, well, funny enough is that uh, we talked about Brendan Fraser earlier, right? Yep. I want to plug that video 
of him being told how much he's adored and how humble he is. He is so adored. He's so adorable, too. He is, yes. Damn him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll find the video somewhere of him being praised and him just being like, shucks, thank you. Because he was wearing Uh, a cowboy hat at the time of the interview. (laughs) He's like, shucks, thank you. Of course he was. Where is he from? I I don't know, actually. Because he doesn't strike me as like a southern person. Um, But that's not real. Indianapolis. Oh, but he's also Canadian. That's true. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, love Brendan Fraser. Love that he's getting his, his you know, praise now and that he's making a comeback. And yeah, Brendan, Mr. Fraser, if you're listening to this somehow, have your people call my people. I do have a mm-hmm. part for you. There's a script. Yeah, there's a script. Glenn has not read it. I actually am surprised I haven't. Well, it's based on, it's the Eugene versus Humanity feature. I'm no longer surprised uh, that I haven't yeah. read it. <laughs> I'm going to work with Scorsese and Leo and Bob De Niro. Yes, I saw. Congratulations. That's so Thank exciting. you. I think I might be sick. A little anxious. Oh, oh no, no. I mean, it's going to be fun. Like... <laughs> you got this. You've got this. Got it. Just, just know that the internet is so behind you. We're so supportive. There are so many people out there who love you, and we're rooting for you, and we can't wait to see what you do next. <laughs> Shucks, ma'am. <laughs> but yes, uh, so yeah, that is your plug, my plug. Uh, I already showed you my plug because mm-hmm. uh, it's fucking hilarious. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh, there is this Australian comedian musician on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all those things called Tom Cardi. Some of you have probably heard it, uh, but I'm going to plug uh, his one song. Uh, all of his stuff is good, but his one song, H-Y-C-Y-B-H, question mark. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what that means. Yeah. Just listen. find out. Just listen here. And then when he says out loud, I wonder where my car keys are. I still don't say it. I still don't say it, yeah. But then he asks me, do you know where my car keys are? I look at him in his face and I say, have you checked your bottles? Get up. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. It's my, amazing. I slap my knees in hilarity. Slap your knees for and justice. Your ass. And your ass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that song is really funny. Listen to the whole thing. It's uh, Most of his songs are short, but that's one of his, his longer ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I listen to it a lot and i still laugh at it so it 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 has good longevity uh so yes those are our plugs for this week uh that brendan fraser reacting to people just loving him just loving him because we do love you brendan fraser do and h-y-c-y-b-h by tom cardi those are our plugs that brings us to our assignment for next week it is my turn to pick Ooh, Mm, and i struggled i struggled to pick one i was originally gonna have glenn Pick a number between one and five, but mm-hmm. I decided four. I probably shouldn't. One and four, whatever. Four? I don't, well, I don't even remember four. what. I don't <laughs> remember what the other movies are anymore. <laughs> um, but I'm picking one that I I've wanted to watch for a while, but its reputation precedes it. 
and mm. I'm a little scared if I'm, I'm completely honest. And anyone who is going, who has seen this movie, kind of understands why I might be a little bit scared. Uh, and it is called Pink Flamingos, and that's going to be on Criterion Channel. Uh, Pink Flamingos is directed by John Waters, written by John Waters, starring Divine, David Lockery, Mary Vivian Pierce, and Mink Stoll. What? That's a name, Mink Stoll. What did, what what did, did they the Mink steal? steal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, notorious Baltimore criminal and underground figure Divine goes up against a sleazy married couple who makes a who who make a passionate attempt to humiliate her and seize her tabloid given title as the filthiest person alive. And that last line Dear there, Lord. that last line there, uh, makes you understand why I'm a little bit worried. John Waters has a reputation, uh, for being kind of nasty in his comedy. This is a comedy. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a infamous scene that I'm aware of in this, but there's also a hilarious scene that I have seen where uh, someone asks Divine what her uh, political stance is, and I will not give the answer. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll throw the clip in next week, but... We'll see. It's hilarious, and I've heard it multiple times. <laughs> that wasn't better than cries and whispers. I think it's the future of city living. Uh, fantastic. It was really fun. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Loved it. Really good. Right? It was great. Love that piece of garbage. The only part I didn't like was Snake. I have an aversion to Snake. It was divine. I love religious movies. It's a little gross, but I liked it. Well, it was uh, really the grossest film I'd seen. I think John Waters has got his finger on the pulse of America. I think he's got his thumb securely up America's ass. So that is our assignment for next week. Pink, Pink Flamingos on Criterion Channel. Heads up. I know most people probably don't care. I don't care. But it is rated NC-17. Uh, and I'm sure it's rated NC-17 for a reason. Although that was 1942. So they probably uh, were a little more strict back then. Uh, but yeah, if, you're, if that's not your thing, you feel free to not watch it. But I don't care. Glenn, do you care? I stopped caring a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so Pink Flamingos on Criterion Channel. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we see who the filthiest person alive is, at least the filthiest person in 1972 or will their tabloid title get fucking relinquished (laughs) (laughs) that hurt to say i honestly think i had a heart attack but it made it funnier that it hurt you to say (laughs) goodbye everybody bye-bye